running out of time, Bob. I am aware of this matter. I am doing the best I can. Need I remind you that I am a medical bot, not an encryption unit. Working my way through the Iron Dead system is proving quite difficult. However, I have access to some of their database and have begun downloading. We'd arrived in one of the battle zones against the Iron Dead and my father, the Master of Sorrows. While the two forces engaged one another for dominance, I decided to take advantage of this, much to the chagrin of my companions who desired to leave. We'd found an interface unit that the Iron Dead used to link the group consciousness with its controlling faction, an entity known as the Dead Mind. I do not know what the Dead Mind truly was, I only knew that it had existed in one of the higher realms, and the undead creatures under its control were simply extensions of itself in the material world. Although the interface was damaged and abandoned, it was still active. I had Bob contend with the system. However, doing so would alert the dead mind to our presence, so we had to be fast if we were to find the information I was after. The Iron Dead were my best chance at fighting- Byron, they finished building the tower. What? They can't have put it in place that fast. You might want to tell them that. Because from where I'm standing, it sure looks pretty finished to me. I ran up the side of the small hill to where Tanjara, the half-elf girl, stood. Fog covered the valley before us, but rising up out of it was a vast pillar composed of metal and the rotting bodies of corpses that had been grafted into its surface. It began to pulsate almost breathe, as if it were coming to life. I assume this is not good. You assume correctly. Bob, we're out of time. We're going now. But I have not completed the... I said now. Everyone, back to the... Iron, look out. I hadn't noticed the Iron Dead Warrior as it came over the top of the hill. It was armed with several serrated blades that began to spin about on its armor. There was also an energy weapon where its left arm had once been. It took one look at me and began to raise the weapon. And later, a knife embedded itself into the warrior's forehead. With a shower of sparks, the warrior toppled to the ground like a marionette puppet with its strings cut. Calmly, Tanjara walked over to the fallen warrior and pulled the knife from its head. After wiping the gore off it, she slipped it into a holster on her boot. How long have you been carrying that knife? Byron, I come from a village that gets raided by goblins, orcs, and all sorts of fun manner of nasty monsters. Girl has to be able to look after herself, right? Did you know stabbing it in the head would stop it? No. But hey, it worked, so don't knock it. Now, I think you said we need to leave? Panjara and I ran down the hillside where our car was waiting. Bob had extracted himself from the interface and was already starting the car. As we got in, a haunting sound rolled out of the fog. maximum speed. Will we make it to the barrier? Given the amount of time left to us, I cannot be certain. I was afraid you were going to say that. What does this tower do anyways? It is a fusion of dark magic and technology. 
Basically, it's a doomsday weapon the Iron Dead deploy when it's clear they are losing a conflict. Once triggered, it disseminates all matter down to its subatomic level. Okay... So... Someone wanna tell me in a way I can understand? It rips everything apart and leaves nothing behind. So it kills everyone around it? I mean it kills everything on this world. Huh, so it's business as usual then. We are approaching the barrier. We will make contact. through the barrier. It will be some time before they are recharged. How long will it take? I estimate 7 hours and 46 minutes. I'm confused. That tower... thing... went off. I saw the world being torn apart all around us. We... we were caught in that blast, so... how are we still alive? Perhaps the shockwave propelled us into the barrier, sparing us the full effect of the blast. Maybe. But everything was being ripped apart around us and we came out fine. Just... seems strange, is all. We're alive. That's all that matters. Well, we're going to be stuck here for a while. Maybe we should have a look around. Well, maybe we can find something to eat as well. I'm quite hungry. I could go for something as well. Maybe we'll get lucky and find some mead as well. Ugh, tried your mead. It's disgusting. Ugh, tastes like warm horse piss. On the other hand, if we find some ale... Ale. You have very unsophisticated taste, you know that? Yeah, well, I know what I like. (sighs) Come on, let's take a look around. We started going down the hillside. The landscape felt familiar to me for some reason, but it would not be until we came into a clearing upon a high hill that I would discover where we were. In the distance, we could see the remains of what had once been a city... A city I knew very well. It's... It's Portland. That the city you said you come from? I take it it didn't look like this last time you saw it. No, no, last time I was here it was alive, thriving, not ruined like this. It looks like a good deal of time has passed. There is very little left of the city. Could this be your home? I... I'm... I'm not sure. I've been away for a very long time, but... Have been. But there may be a way to find out. Where are you going, Master? A rose garden, and stop calling me Master. Now, why would he be going to a rose garden? Why are you asking me? You've known him a lot longer than I have. 
I suggest we follow, or we may lose him. I'm running as fast as I can. My heart is pounding in my chest. Not so much from exertion, but from fear. A fear that is growing with every step. I've been trapped in the remains of fallen earths for ages, but one hope has sustained me. One hope that drives all I've done since becoming trapped here. But now fear is driving all hope away. If this is my world, my home, then everything is truly lost and there will be nothing to stop the Master of Sorrows from achieving his goals. Thorns from unpruned rose bushes snag at my clothing and dig into my flesh, but I'm numb to the pain as I am cut. I have to get to the center of the garden. I have to know. Nothing can be allowed to stop me. Nothing. I push through one final row of roses and enter a clearing. Before me is all that remains of a stone amphitheater. Where once stood a platform surrounded by seats was nothing but broken chunks of rock and pebbles. But this is not what I have come to see. I quickly turn and see nothing. No tower, no rubble or remains, no indentation in the ground, only weeds and grass where it would have stood. I fall to my knees trying to catch my breath. Relief washes over me. Sustained a number of cuts, Master. I uh, ran through a few rose bushes. Mine is not to reason why, but that was probably not wise. Please hold still while I treat your cuts. Why'd you run off like that? I, I panicked. You panicked, Byron? I've never known you to panic over anything. Hell, you had ice giants try and cook you, but. You were more concerned they hadn't added carrots in the stew with you. Hey, if I'm getting cooked, I want carrots involved. And potatoes. Maybe broccoli if they use cheese. My point is, you don't panic when everyone else is losing their shit. If anything, you become more of an asshole. Watch the language, kid. I'm just curious what would make you panic. My home, if you must know. Your home? There, all finished. I've treated your cuts with an antibiotic ointment. They will heal in time. However, I suggest not running through rose bushes any time for the foreseeable future. Well, there goes my plans for the weekend. Ah, oh, damn. Did a number on my jacket. Think I'll be able to find another one. Don't try and change the subject. You said you're home. I, I want to know what you meant by that. Well, it's very... It's very complicated. If you say... It's very complicated. Instead of answering me, I'm going to kick you in the nuts very hard. Uh, well, let me put it this way then. If my home, my tower had been here, everything I've been trying to do over the last several decades would be pointless. Why is that? Look, it doesn't matter, okay? So just drop it. Just feel grateful my home is not here and we still have a chance. I hate to bother you both, as you seem to be having such a friendly chat. But I have been scanning the stonework around us, and I've found something quite interesting. Yeah, and what would that be? 
If my reading is correct, I believe close to 2,000 years have passed from the era you come from, Master. You mean this is the 40th century? Perhaps the 41st. I can't be precise. So we've what? Traveled into the future? Not exactly. Different worlds exist in different time phases, based on when they fell in the War of the Expanse. Some exist in what we could think of as future eras. While others exist in the past? It's the nature of how time moves in different dimensions. I see. I think. Anyways, you're not getting off the hook, Byron. I I still want to know why you freaked out about your home. (sighs) And one day maybe I'll explain it to you. But not today? No, not today. (sighs) Fine. So what do we do now? Well, the car still needs a while to recharge. How about we look around and see what's become of this world's Portland? We made our way through the ruins that had once been the city of Portland. But all that remained of the once great city were steel girders that had made up the framework of various buildings and bits of concrete scattered about here and there. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is magic on the world you come from, right? Quite a great deal of it. So, do you use magic at all? I've been known to dabble at times, but I try to avoid it as much as I can. Are you afraid of magic, Master? Not really afraid, Bob, but any time someone uses magic, it always comes with a cost. Sometimes a very high cost. Like having your soul eaten by the darkness. That's what they used to tell us when I was growing up. That's one possibility. Another is you could lose your entire stock of Merlot to a demon who prefers wine to collecting souls. So, who was the most powerful wizard on your world? Oh, that's easy. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Isn't she an actress or something on your earth? Yes, but she was also quite a powerful magic user. If she wanted to, she could crack the planet open like an egg with ease. I've always made it a point to stay in her good graces. Although she never has really forgiven me for introducing her to that Justin kid. Well, as enlightening as this conversation has been, I need to see a lady about a dragon. A dragon? What are you talking about? I believe she is excusing herself to take care of her biological... Ah, yes. Yes, I see. I'll be right back. While she is gone, I believe we should talk. I've been analyzing what data I gathered from the Iron Dead mainframe. I believe I've found what you're looking for. You have? Yes. I believe I can get us there. However, I will need the use of the bracelet you are wearing. Then you know what this really is, then? I have encountered Olympian armor before. With this technology fused to the car's guidance systems, it will take us to your desired destination. Excellent. Once Tanjara gets back, we should head to the car. I should also note, your bracelet is the only reason we were able to survive the detonation of the Iron Dead's tower. Had you not been wearing it, we would certainly have been destroyed in the blast. Since you've known what this is all along, I'm surprised you haven't said anything before now. For reasons I do not understand, you seem to be keeping this information from the girl. Not only that, but you have neglected to tell her of your relationship with the god she prays to, the Master of Sorrows. The Master of Sorrows is anything but a god. Regardless, you have neglected to tell her you're his son. I have to admit I'm curious why. That's none of your damn business. Byron? Bob? Come quickly, I found something. 
Bob and I ran around a series of old steel girders that had once made up the frame of the building to where we found Tanjara standing over a woman's body. She was dressed in a paramilitary uniform of sorts. However, her body looked old, mummified. Bob knelt down beside the body and began running a scanner over it. Interesting. I'm detecting no moisture within the body. It's nothing but a desiccated husk. It must have been here a while. I do not believe so. My scan of the uniform indicates it is quite new. Only a few weeks. That's strange. Do you think someone dressed up the body and just left it here? I suppose that is one possibility, although it begs the question of... Bob never got the chance to finish his sentence. Because at that moment, the mummified woman's eyes snapped open. She turned her head, and looking at us, she began to stand. I am detecting no life signs emanating from the body. This is quite fascinating. The creature started to move towards us with slow, stiff, and jerky motions. It stretched its arms, reaching for us. I think we should get out of here, Byron. I think you're right. I'm not sure where he came from. It's almost as if he dropped out of the sky. A huge Native American man dressed in leather elk skin dropped onto the mummified woman, knocking her to the ground. Standing over her, he drove a rusted piece of steel rebar through her skull. With an electrical flash, the woman's body burst into a cloud of dust. Dusting his clothes off, he came over to where we stood. I'm called Two Feathers. It's going to be dark soon and this whole area is going to be crawling with more things like that. So if you want to live, you better come with me. You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles Beyond the Veil, Part 5. Written by Eric L. Busby with J.A. Babion. Featured in the cast were... David Alt as Byron. Nicole Goodnight as Tanjara. Ellie Hirschman as Bob. James Sedevi as Two Feathers. And Alexa Chipman. Script editor Tracy Babion. Sound designer Eric Busby. Music performed by Kevin McLeod, Adrian Von Ziegler and Co.ag Music. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. Executive producer was Eric L. Busby. Credits by Kareem C. Cronfley. Copyright ELB Productions 2022. Hello, listeners. If you're a fan of the shows of Eric Busby Presents, then you clearly have excellent taste. And it also indicates that you would no doubt enjoy the Tesla City Stories, which is, it's a recreation of the various radio programs of the long-defunct Tesla Broadcasting Company performed live on stage here in Portland, Oregon. Programs unique for their time as they exist in a shared continuity. Uh, Don't let that word scare you. Newcomers can jump in anywhere and enjoy. And we hope you do, as we're happy to announce our return to the stage this March 11th. 
Come join us at Portland's historic Old Church Concert Hall at 8 p.m. as we present episodes of the sitcom The Off-Key Life of Viola Harper and the supernatural crime thriller The Wraith. Tickets are available online at teslatix.com. That's T-E-S-L-A-T-I-X.com. Come on back to 1944. We'll save a seat for you. Hmm. It says the Ian Kyleson and the Cassie Robeson commercial. Okay. Well, the author knows what he's doing. Hey, Cassie, here's something else we need to record. You ready? I guess so, if that's what he's wanting. Are you sure this isn't the cast director writing this? You know, I'm not sure. Oh well, here we go. You know, Cassie, I didn't realize so many people were listening to our reports for the Kyleson Chronicles. It's a little unnerving knowing that they are. Hopefully though, I don't sound like a kid. Nah, your voice sounds okay to me. Of course, being my twin, it would sound normal anyway. Oh my gosh! What? What? Ian, just how many places can people pick up our reports from? Well, I know the reports are heard on iHeartRadio, Audible, um, Deezer, then I think there's Spreaker, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Podcast Addict. Let me think. I know there are more platforms like in the UK, India, Germany, Africa. Heck, I even think they listen on Spotify, Podbean, and something called Overcast? Mom says there are people that want to know what it's like on the surface outside. Kind of scary knowing that we're being heard all over the world. Well, Cassie, I guess that's just part of being a scribe. You know, J.A. Babian is the official author and producer of the Kyleson Chronicles. I know I want to keep my trust in him to make sure our reports are heard. Well, they are important, I guess. Whew! I don't know about you, but I am absolutely exhausted from walking in that thunder snow. My legs are flat worn out. I'm going to bed. Good night. See you in the morning. Night, Cassie. See you tomorrow. For you folks listening to this, I just wanted you to know that we are the Kyleson Chronicles. Enjoy the episodes in our travels across the world in the year 4062. Please subscribe and share our adventure on your favorite media listening app.